0: So we have Jewel Tankard with us here today. Jewel, I really appreciate your time. And you might know Jewel from television. I know that you're in a couple pretty popular TV shows, but I, I, this, is, this is a great opportunity. And you came out with a new book called The Mind of a millionaire yes. um, and it's available everywhere. In fact, I, I think I was in Barnes & Noble recently and, and saw it in, as a featured, mm-hmm. featured book. So I this, really appreciate your time here today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Jack, for having me. Uh, I'm excited. Wrote the book right here. And um, my heart, I wrote this book because I really want to see women take a little bit more of an aggressive role in understanding finances and even though we're in a huge emergence of so many girl bosses right now boss babes all that is great but when it comes down to economics women still are kind of falling behind in terms of overall net worth and also what they're being paid whether they're in corporate and then in business not being afraid to ask for what they feel like they're worth or not just depending on their husbands or boyfriends to kind of make those financial decisions but i want them to know that they can be amazing investors and thinkers
0: yeah that that's you you bring a lot of uh, great points there. You know uh, uh so uh, before we get going on that though do, do you want everybody to head over to jeweltanker.com would that be the the best place to connect with yes. you?
1: Yes, I would love for everybody to go to jeweltanker.com if they want to follow me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything is jeweltanker.
0: Oh, great. Uh that's actually uncommon, <laughs> you know that everybody has the you so that's, uh, but anyway, I'm going to make sure to have a majority of those links in the show notes. So if you swipe right on your podcasting app and hit those clickable buttons there, uh, I'll make sure to have that there. So uh, you, it sounds like you're kind of focusing on women as a population, especially regarding this topic or strategy. I'm, I'm curious, do you think part of this is just something that you know, well, as a general population, we're not taught in school? Or is it a mindset thing? Like, where does this originate from?
1: Well, I think, you know, if you think about it, growing up, you know, mom asks you if you want to take ballet classes, art classes, you know, or maybe if you want to be a teacher or a nurse, things that are more nurturing, your parents really don't have conversations about you, you know, um, doing, you know, points on a deal or negotiating a contract Or possibly even about, you know, really being a steward of your own money. Most people kind of grow up thinking, you know, at some point they're going to get married to this great man, have children, which I think is amazing. I'm married to a great man, I have children, so I'm not anti that, but I'm just saying, hey, let's add on the financial part because a lot of women, even today's time, cannot make basic financial decisions, unquote, checking in or asking for permission, Um, you know, whoever Control, has the money, owns the money, controls the money. And mm-hmm. so even in my own house, I'm married to an amazing man. We've been married for 21 years, but there have been deals, Jack, that he didn't want to do. But because I have my own money, I could still do the deal, still have a great marriage and making money and life is good. <laughs> <laughs> You know. So,
0: that well, that's interesting. As a married couple, then you can kind of have your own separate books of business and you're you're running these independent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you should. I mean, I think that you should have an account together for sure. But I think I think it's great to have your own independent money. Um, Like there have been a lot of the real estate investing that I've done in the city of Detroit. My husband grew up very poor. We have opposite kind of childhood experiences. And he just was not interested in doing any investing in the city of Detroit. I'm from Detroit. He's from Florida. And had I needed his permission or his money to do it, it would have probably been a no, not because he doesn't love me, but that wasn't anything he was interested in doing. And so I respected his no to doing real estate investing in Detroit, but I respected my yes. And because I had my own money, I was able to do it and build a a really nice real estate portfolio. Sure.
0: Sure. Well, you know that that's a very unique situation. Like you're you're pointing out, and you're you're encouraging women to essentially get into that type of conversation. You know, I I have this thing, and it's probably something that couples probably need to talk about early on. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, we'd have to. I, I I say I I have a kind of a standing thing here in this show that I say when it comes to any partnership, you're either going to have an uncomfortable conversation when you start or when it ends. Yeah, no,
1: for sure. And I think, you know, I was married before and uh, yeah, it didn't work out so well. Um, He was actually financially and emotionally and a couple of times physically abusive. And so I kind of determined after that, that I would always be have my own independent wealth. I think that what happens is, is people need to think about this, and this goes on both sides because I've seen men say, hey, there are things I wanna do, but my wife doesn't wanna do it financially, so I can't. I think that God made us all individuals and even when we we're married, we still, we should have our own brains. We should be able to think for ourselves and follow our own financial instincts. So I think it's, I think it's dangerous even for a man to say, hey, I really wanted to do something, but I couldn't because my wife didn't want to. So I think everybody needs to have their own independent wealth, even when it comes down to, you know, like my parents. I might want to buy my parents a half a million dollar house, but my husband might say, hey, we'll buy him a $100,000 house. Well, you know what? If I don't have my own money, guess what? I have to go with a $100,000 house because- He doesn't want to spend that. But if I have my own money, I get to choose what kind of house I want to put them in. So I think with women, we have to think about what we want to offer for our children and what we want to offer possibly for our parents. We'll be taking care of people sometimes older than us. And then also younger than us. And um, again, I just think for various reasons, everyone should have their own independent wealth. And yes, I think it's a great thing to talk about while you're dating, because if that's a deal breaker, then maybe that's not the person for you. So for me, I knew that having independent wealth was very important of my husband. My husband's also a very successful multiple millionaire. He likes to do real estate deals that are on a bigger level, but it's worked for us. We talked about it in the beginning. And we've held true to it. And so we have some things that we've done together in terms of investing, but we've also done quite a few things apart. He's a pilot. He loves aviation. He buys and sells planes. Um, I'm proud of him. I love flying with him, but I don't want to invest in planes. And so I like the fact that he invests in planes and I don't have to be a part of that per se.
0: Well, it, I mean, it allows you, each people, each person, to kind of follow their passions outside of of everything too. I mean, you point make that a great point. I mean, if he's if he's so into aviation, I mean, that's that's something he's passionate about.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, couples get into trouble. Um, I think if they're not careful, it can be bondage uh, because you know, unfortunately, I hear I've heard too much of you know, my husband doesn't want to. My husband, I'm like. Girl, respect is right not to. But especially if it's something, you know, pretty simple, you know, by, you know, investing in education or even investing in real estate or investing in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, whatever. I mean, I think every person should have the right to follow their own instincts and follow their own passion. And I think if you get too far away from that, marriage can turn into maybe a little bit more bondage than partnership.
0: Sure. So let's, could you talk, maybe provide some strategies, especially talking to women? And I'm, there's, let's be honest, when you're listening to, you're, you're on a real estate investing podcast, uh, most of my listeners are men, to be frank. Yes. But I think there's something to be said for getting your wife involved in a few things and giving, giving, helping with the confidence associated with handling money. And what? so what are some of the tips and strategies that you would recommend for women to start getting control of their financial future?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think realizing that women economically are still at the bottom of the totem pole, women of color, um, economically are even below that. And, you know, women many times outlive men. And I've met women, even millennials that don't know how to pay a water bill. They don't know where the life insurance is, doesn't know if there is life insurance or he said we have life insurance. He said we have retirement. Well, girl, where is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. What interest is being made on it? Are there any penalties? Um, You know, who's the insurance carrier? You know, like start asking questions. And though it can feel good to not have to quote unquote pay bills, if you will, you still need to have a working knowledge of what's going on in your home, what's going on in your family. What does your retirement look like? I've had so many cases I could tell you, um, you know, women, you know, getting to retirement and then finding out that their husband's pension got cut in half or she didn't know what it was. And now they have to downgrade and just a lot of crazy scenarios of loss that women um, end up, I think, having the brunt of that because there was not enough you know questions being asked so i think women need to start asking questions um they need to actually start asking to look at documents and then they need to find out what are they passionate about you know maybe what investments are they interested in doing you don't have to you know you can buy bitcoin today for ten dollars it's on a bear run now. it's low it's a great time to buy you know um so i would just say get inquisitive and start asking your husband questions but also any inklings you might be a fintech girl maybe you want to you know invest in the next silicon valley or you know look at what Tesla's doing they've got a new semi truck i don't know but start asking questions and see where you think you want to kind of poke your nose a little bit and i would just encourage husbands to let her go do it you know not to You know, I would say like you married your husband, not your father. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, trust her instincts. She might she might end up kind of surprising you and bringing a lot of value to your overall net worth and to the empire that hopefully you guys are building together.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's some great tips. And then you you mentioned well, you've mentioned quite a few variety of investments that you're partaking. You you bring up Bitcoin, and you you talked about real estate. Like what what are some of those strategies that you've taken in Uh, your life?
1: Yeah, so I have a phenomenal group of individuals that I work with. I'm a part of an academy um, where we're learning things about foreign exchange, binary options, cryptocurrency, how to accumulate crypto, how to trade crypto, um, how to earn interest on crypto through what we call DeFi or decentralized banking, um, and just understanding the markets at large. And so I think that, you know, to become a master of anything, you have to keep educating, ed- educating yourself on it. I don't think it's one of those things that's like, oh, you know, I did this five years ago. Or I did that two years ago. Um, anything in the digital space or really any investing period, like as, as soon as the ink dries, it's, you know, <laughs> there's something new, you know, just a few years ago, Blockbuster was everywhere, right? Right. Now, you know, Netflix knocked on their door and said, hey, are you guys interested in partnering with us? They said no. And now they're extinct. And now it's Netflix. And now it's Hulu. And now it's Prime Amazon. So I think you just have to kind of take on a mindset that you're going to be a student of money. um, You're going to be a student of tech. You're going to be a student, you know, just period um, of whatever industry you're interested in, because things are changing fast, and they're going to continue to change. And so um, you just have to Stay
0: astute. Yeah, you know, you you when you talk about Bitcoin is on a bear market. You know, I I own a little Bitcoin myself, and uh, I also recognize the fact that the bear market. You, you're right. I mean the it, the Bitcoin is probably at its lowest I've seen in in a very long time. And I, I should be buying more at this moment, but for some reason, I've, I've been scared to pull the trigger.
1: Yeah, I think I think um, the two main cryptocurrencies, I mean, there are a lot of cryptocurrencies. I think we're going to see a lot of them kind of collapse and fall. But I think Bitcoin and Ethereum are here to stay. Um, mm-hmm. They're built on some pretty powerful technology connected to uh, the connect blockchain. And I think that right now it's, uh, it's doing what markets are designed to do, which are you know, to scare the, the little guy off who really hasn't educated himself on the markets, not really sure how everything is working. And then what happens? They sell, sell, sell while these big institutions like JP Morgan or what we consider crypto wells like Michael Saylor, Elon Musk. And they're going in and you're looking and you're like, oh, these guys are buying more uh, because I think we're going to see a six figure Bitcoin. I would not be surprised if we see it by the end of the year. So the two that I'm telling people to really load up on are Bitcoin and Ethereum. The rest of them, not so much. But Bitcoin and Ethereum, now is a great time to buy. I started buying Bitcoin at $3,500, Ethereum at $700. And I rode it all the way up to $67,000, which is the high of Bitcoin. And um, I took some of those you know profits and invested in some other things uh, like crypto hedge funds and things like that. But um, I'm definitely buying right now.
0: Yeah, wow that that's a great great to hear that you experienced such a ride on that. You know, uh, uh, and it's it's amazing. You talked about technology. It's amazing to see what people are doing. In fact, I had somebody on the podcast recently who's using Bitcoin and well, essentially NFTs. He's he's created an NFT sy- system to decentralize real estate investing, so you can basically buy NFTs that are tied to real estate, and then you can buy and sell those NFTs. Okay. I need his information jet. I mean, I can definitely provide that. It's the, the company's called dwell fi, but, um, and he's there. The platform's going to launch very soon. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's amazing what they're working on.
1: Hmm. So dwell,
0: D W E L L D W E L L F I. Okay. Right. Appreciate
1: it.
0: Yeah. And I definitely can introduce you to him. He's a great guy. Um, they got, well, he's got a pretty pretty significant team working on this one. but uh, so with that, you also talked a little bit about, you know, women in the workplace and and not having the the ability maybe to to ask for what they deserve. Like what are some of the strategies you teach there? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that um, you know, I don't just look at gender. So you know, for me, I'm not just looking at, oh, is this a man and a woman? Should they get equal pay? I mean, obviously, yeah, but more than that, I'm looking at performance. And I'm saying if that woman knows that she's you know, performing, that she has the skill see, she's negotiating the deals, she's making the company money, you know what I mean? Then, mm-hmm. yeah, she needs to go and sit down and say, hey, I brought a lot of value here, you know? And these are the things, list the things that she's been able to do and accomplish. And maybe, you know, some of the things that she's seeing her male counterparts doing and she says, "Hey, he's making three hundred and fifty thousand. Why am I making two fifty? I need to be making three fifty because I brought X, Y, Z to the table and tie it to performance. So I love gender equality for sure, but when you look at equal pay, you got to look at performance because no company wants to just pay you just because you're black or just because you're a woman or just because you know some of those things. They want to make sure that." the performance is there. And I think if the performance is there, then she has a right to go in and negotiate and, and really stand her ground.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you feel like uh, they need a little, Well, some women may need a little push in sort of doing that, or is it, it, it you're, you're making it sound like it's maybe not quite natural.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes women can be um, in some cases a little passive, you know, and just kind of feel like, hey, I'm doing well, or I'm doing OK. My bills are paid, you know, and then and then sometimes she knows this is going on. And I think it's why it's important. You know, I tell women, you know, don't go out and drink with the guys <laughs> after work. You know, that's going to minimalize your value, you know, mm-hmm. and guys sometimes can get away with those things. And, you know, he he ha ha have, you know, push back a couple of beers or whatever, tequilas and show up for the next day and still have, you know, equal respect. Where if Jane shows up at the bar with the guys after work and she's pushed back a few beers or tequila, now, now the guys are looking at her like, eh. you know, so I think that women have to know, um, kind of set healthy boundaries that can demand that respect and um, kind of not get too common there because those are areas that could end up diminishing um, her value unfortunately even though it shouldn't she's performing if she's pushing back beers with the guys it should matter but the reality is a lot of times it does
0: so just a reminder everybody head over to jewel jewel tackard.com uh, for uh, you got a lot of information on your website i was looking through it before you jumped on um, including all of your social media links. But I uh, just want to remind everybody, head over to jeweltacker.com. And like I said, I'll make sure to have that uh, link in the show notes. Uh, you did touch on one thing, you know, just briefly there. Uh, it's, it's obvious that you your religion and your Christianity comes out in your, in your business, in your everyday life. Could you talk a little bit about marrying that, the, the Christianity and your religion and, and business? Because I think a lot of a lot of people kind of keep religion as at arm's length when you're in business. I, yeah. Maybe I'm blowing smoke.
1: And I, I would say that I'm definitely not a religious person, but I do have a relationship with God. And I think that, that you know, that relationship should ooze out in every area of your life. And, and you know, it oozes out as me, me as a mom. When I'm hot and I want to just go off, you know, he restrains me, you know, or if maybe something my husband did that I'm angry with, or maybe I'm doing a deal and, you know, I feel like the deal's not fair, you know, speak up, you know, just because a dear, just you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't speak up. But I think it also makes sure it also says, let me give people the advantage um, when I can. You know, let me make sure that I'm giving. Let me make sure that I'm not just thinking about myself, but, you know, how many people can I impact? How many people can I speak to in a day? How many lives can I change? And I have um, my foundation, Tanker Family Endowment Foundation. We, over the last couple years, we've given away a couple cars to single parents because I used to be a single parent and I used to be, you know, on food stamps for a while. So, Um, Now that that season of my life is over, thank God, I want to make sure that I give back. So I think it can come out, you know, mainly in your character and in your integrity. Hopefully, you know, that uh, your language is a little bit different. Everybody else is cussing and, you know, maybe they hear you don't do that. So I don't think it so much has to be preached as much as it is illustrated and demonstrated in just your character and who you are as a person.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up the the cursing and stuff because um, I guess I have a reputation, especially in my day job, that I don't. So when I, there's been those rare instances or something got me hot and I did say something, um, it, it actually emphasizes it more. It was more powerful when it when it did happen because they're not used to you using that type of language. So. <laughs> You know and then you talked about giving away cars and I, I gotta now I'm gonna call out a, a buddy of mine because they started an organization in my backyard called Fix it Forward. Ooh. And they have a car a, they, they do an auto mechanic type situation on the on the front end. but on the on the back end of their business, they do um, repairs for people in need and and then people donate cars and then they fix them up and make them reliable. And then they, they give them out in the, in the, in the area for people in need. So yeah. it, it's great. It's It's been a great idea and they've been doing it for a few years now. And uh, I think they're, they're even, they're starting to expand. So it's, it's okay. great to see it happen.
1: But, yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, it's a huge blessing to know that you changed and impacted somebody's life. I gave away the last two that I gave one of the ladies was in Detroit and, um, which is my hometown. And she, her mom, she had four children, single. Her mom was literally taking all her children to school. And then she would take her to work. And then the mom would take herself to work. And then she'd have to pick up the children and then pick up her daughter. Mm -hmm. So they were really in a very, very tough, 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 tough situation. So um, seeing that was, it was very fulfilling.
0: Well, when you're in a situation like that too, you got one car that everybody relies on in the family, one thing goes wrong. And I mean, everybody, I mean, it has a huge impact.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It it does. It, it has a very, very huge impact. And so, yeah. you know, being able to change people's lives like that, young women's lives like that is, um, it's, it's very, very, very much makes it all worth it. And it makes me want to do more. So every year I challenge myself, okay, last three or four years, I've done two cars this year. I don't know if I'll, I'll either do, I'll try to push to do three cars or maybe furnish a single parent's house. I know recently we gave away a bed, a single parent and her, she had a couple of children in there and they didn't have a bed to sleep on. So we gave them a bed. And then most recently, I think about two weeks ago, we had a girl that was facing, facing eviction um, and had a couple children, single parent, and we were able to pay the difference on that so that she could keep her keep her apartment sure
0: well you know we're 20 minutes into this and i i already forgot we we, we're you're on a real estate investing podcast we better touch on a little bit of that yes yes (laughs) so so can you talk about like what are you doing now in your real estate investing and and uh are you are you have you found kind of a niche or you kind of I've I've kind of found that everybody's a little all over the place. They're either kind of dabbling in everything or they found one niche and they're sticking to it.
1: Yeah. So I started buying out a lot of um, homes in the inner city of Detroit, 2017. And I mean, I was buying them up and bought up some blocks and I did a lot of rehab and then turned around and put tenants in and, uh, and it was good. And then, you know, the market has kind of hit a high and it just made sense for me to start liquidating, right? Because mm-hmm. the market was in my favor. So the profit has been like strong, you know? And so I was like, you know what? <laughs> let me let me start really, uh, you know, selling. So that, that's what I started doing. And then when I also, the other thing that kind of helped when I looked at, you know, how much I was making on my properties per year, you know, 12 to 20% on most of the real estate properties crypto you know you can make that in a week in crypto or mm-hmm. if you know how to trade you know buy sell things like that and so i was like it's time to sell so i started selling a lot of them i started buying a lot of d- digital real estate in the metaverse um so i've accumulated a nice portfolio in the metaverse and uh, and uh, i'm i'm down to i've got a lot of that I own that actually Richard Branson is buying all around it. So obviously that's not being sold, (laughs) Uh, but I'm down to my last few properties and I'm selling them. Um, And so now what I'll do is if I find like a 10 unit plus, I'll do that because I think the profit is going to be stronger. I need it to be already Mm -hmm. cash flowing with tenants. If it doesn't have a tenant or two, I'll deal with that. But it's going to have to have tenants already cash flowing. Um, but I probably won't do anything less than 10 units, uh, but I'll go probably 10 to 50 units. I think are are going to be your most profitable. Um, and then I'll do fix and flip. So, you know, I'll get a property, you know, if I got to throw a, you know, kitchen in it or update the bathrooms or something like that, and then turn around and put it on the market. I'm for that all day, but I probably won't do any more residentials. I won't do any more duplexes or quads. It's going to have to be 10 units or more. that's already cash flowing and um, nice equity. And of course, right now everything is overpriced. So, you know, I always keep myself, you know, looking, but um, I probably wouldn't make a move right now to buy.
0: Sure. No, I, you know, the last year, I mean, the last couple of years during the whole COVID thing, house prices and everything were just going crazy. I mean, it, it was it was just frankly insane. And the inventory just wasn't there. Um, so we were doing the same thing, selling as much as we could.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Jack, do you see the market correcting? I mean, I've heard both sides where I don't know if there's going to be a lot of market correction. I mean, even obviously we're in a session right now, hyperinflation, but I just don't know I mean, people are still putting in a lot of bids on houses. I think I'm starting to sl- see it slow down a little bit in terms of not, you know, five bids on one house as soon as it hits the market. I'm not seeing that as much, but the prices of real estate are still up there. I don't know if there's going to be a big correction. What do just from, what, well, here, what do you
0: think? Well, based on, based on the ex- experience and, and uh, knowing uh, quite a few realtors in my market, the uh, time on uh, the days on market have started to, to extend. Yeah. And they were saying that on average in my market, anyway, once it hits that 60 day mark, mm-hmm. that's kind of the normal, the normal time on market. It's not. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's just like that's where they expect it or that's what they kind of hope for. And we're kind of starting to approach that. So what happens from there, especially if interest rates go up every, even more, you know, those people that were first-time homebuyers a year ago and that could buy a quarter million dollar house, those same people now getting getting a mortgage now, they're looking at $150,000 houses. It's it's my market's pretty stable. You know, we're not on the East or the West coast where you see these wild swings, mm-hmm. but I, I think we are going to start to see a, a, a bit of an adjustment. Um, how much? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I know. That's the part, Like, right? Even if there's an adjustment, 5%, 10% interest rates, I'm definitely hoping come down a little bit because they are, they're up there. The good thing yeah. is if somebody buys right now, you know they can always turn around and refi it. You know once they come down six months to a year, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I do think I do think their interest rates are going to come down a little bit within the next thirty days. Is what i is what it seems like because they just seem like they've hit an all time high. I don't think they can go any higher.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on what the Fed decides to do, and they're going to be meeting once a month now for the next couple months. Yeah, and if rumor is true, they're gonna they're gonna tick them up again. So, um, but it and and in the end, it's all going to depend on the midterm midterm elections. Yeah, let's let's be honest the the market whether it's the housing market or 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 stock the stock market, they yeah. like gridlock when it comes to our government. Yeah. So by the looks of it, if the Republicans take over some majority somewhere or cause, cause a bit more gridlock, mm-hmm. typically stock market, Bitcoin market, housing market will start going up because the market's just like that gridlock when, it, yeah. it, when it's associated with the government.
1: Yeah, so. we're for sure. I definitely think that we're going to see Bitcoin probably hit about 15. I doubt if it goes below that. Uh, but I think after that, once it hits that support, I think it's going to start taking off. And people that either held Bitcoin or kept buying Bitcoin are going to be happy.
0: Yeah. Well, I saw it hit like 25 today. So it's. Yeah. I think, it keeps, that, I think I saw, it's 22 now. Oh, man. It keeps <laughs> going down. I yeah. keep seeing mine go t- tick, tick, tick.
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just, a, just a tip for everyone. They might want to move their Bitcoin into USD coin until, you know, once it gets back to 35, I'll move my stuff out of the USD coin and back to Bitcoin. But for now, if they wouldn't want to write it all the way down, I would move it into USDT or USDT.
0: No, that's not a bad idea. Well, um, I've got uh, some rapid fire questions for you here. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we're going to start wrapping some things up, but uh, I'm curious because, uh, you're, I well, before we do, I have, I have a question for you. And I know we're probably going to be going just a little long, but there's something about when you're talking that there's regarding your mindset. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you do to maintain your mindset and confidence or is it just kind of innate? Is this something you've been born with?
1: I will say that I think I was, I was, uh, I was born to two loving parents, which greatly, and I'm forever grateful. My mom and dad are doing well today, and I'm grateful for that. Um, they, I grew up with a lot of love, and they invested a lot in me, acting school, modeling school, private school. So they definitely did things to really cultivate and nurture my unstoppable kind of mindset. And so I think, I won't say I was born with it, but I think I was born into a, a home that provided a lot of love and support um and so that that was mainly god's grace you know huge Mm -hmm. number one um but i think yeah so now what i do is i keep myself in environments with people that are doing more than me um that have more than me that think differently and i educate myself on a regular basis um over here i don't know if you can see it but i have uh i'll just show you i have um, i keep my flat screen over there on LPG, which is luxury homes, and so that's on, and it has nice music going, and I keep that on. Um, and then I, I I stay in meetings, and I do a lot of travel, and I go to a lot of wealth meetings, and I and I just stay super teachable. So I think those things really help. And then every day I'm writing down, you know, I'm confident, I'm beautiful, I'm vibrant, I'm energetic. You know I'm strong, I'm bold, I'm courageous. I literally write those things down every day. And then I Mm -hmm. write down what my goals are. I write down what I want to accomplish. I write down how much I want in my safe, how much I want in every checking account, every savings account, every brokerage account. I write down things about my marriage. I write down things about my family. So everything that I'm dreaming about, I'm constantly keeping that vision written down and then out of my mouth. And um, and I try to go to you know some of the best, most beautiful. I love opulence. so I love to go to different restaurants or stay at the best hotels. Things that continue to foster um, an extravagant lifestyle. And you know everybody has to start different. Right now, you might all can afford it as a Holiday Inn. You know you might want to boost it up and say from now on Marriott. You know every time I move Marriott. You've been doing Marriott. You might say you know what I'm boosting it up every time I move you know, a W Hotel or the Ritz Carlton, you know. So I think there are levels to it, but just continuing to put a demand on your potential to not get stuck in a particular realm, you know, or dimension. But, you know, if you Uber, you might say, now you might Uber economy and you might say, you know what, every time I Uber now, it's a black truck. It's, it's a sedan, it's a SUV, period. You know, when you rent a car, you might be renting economy, then you might go to midsize. But then after that, you're like, no, every time I rent a car, it's going to be a sedan as well. So I think just acknowledging, hey, I'm at one level, even if your level is good, there's levels to every, Mm -hmm. you know, you can go from here to New York in Southwest, or you can say, I'm going to charter a plane and then take the helicopter over to the Hampton. So I think just being mindful of the fact and aware that even if you're doing really well, that there are levels to it and there's always another level. So I think to continue to put yourself in positions where you are putting a demand on yourself to stretch and to go places that you don't normally go. I think it's cool to go places like my husband and I, we have a place and we want to do dinner. Like we're going to probably do dinner after we get off, which I'm going to say, honey, you want to go to five senses? <laughs> he did. He taught me everything I do. I love him. Mm -hmm. but we have this steakhouse that we like to go to, you know, for dinner and we go there, you know, it's often, but then there are other times where it's like, no, we're going to have an experience. So let's try this hotel or let's try this or let's do this. Or so I think everyone's confidence can be developed, but I think we just have to be aware. And then I love to pull out Brian Tracy's book. on building confidence. My husband actually turned me on to that as a really great book. So, yeah, so I think it's just, you know, I think it's just being aware that I need to continue to build my confidence and stretch my current capacity, even if I feel like my life is good, knowing there's a whole lot more.
0: You know that that reminds me' I've, uh, because I have this theory that uh, uh, everything in all, along the, our lines is kind of a kind of a mindset change. you know A good, a good example is we, we were talking about careers earlier. As you're progressing through your career and you get older and you have your experience, your income goes up. Once you get comfortable in that, like you, your income doesn't typically go back down. You might have a hiccup here and there, but it's yeah. typically always going to remain on that trend upwards. Yeah. And you're essentially discussing about that concept of you're kind of forcing it along a little bit by having yeah. those experiences here and there. That's That's a good idea. That's really a good idea.
1: I think exposure is huge. I just took a group of 50 female investors to Martha's Vineyard and uh, Newport, Rhode Island last week, as a matter of fact. And um, we studied the history, the culture, we went to the Newport mansions, Vanderbilt, Edward Berwin, Rockefeller, and we had a lot of discussions. And um, I love to do exposure trips like that. We have another one coming up to New New York Uh, in November it's already sold out actually November 17th to the 19th we're going to the opera and ballet we're going to the American um, Finance Museum of Finance we're going to Wall Street Um, so I think it's all about really really making sure that you keep exposing yourself
0: sure No, that's that's great advice well are you ready for some rapid fire it'll just be uh, just a few questions let's do it so so I always have to say, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is off the list. You're not allowed to use that book because, I mean, that's the stairway to heaven of <laughs> yeah. of books when it comes to this. Yeah. So what, what is the one book of that you recommend everybody has to read?
1: Um, I really think they should read my book, Mind of a Millionaires. Um, Kim Kiss actually did the fourth. She's a good friend of mine now, wealth mentor. Oh, cool. um, but, yeah, no, I think this book – I think it's great for women and for men because it really kind of starts to challenge the psychology of money and, and the psycholo- psychology of money is another really great book. So I would say my book and the psychology of money.
0: What book are you reading now and what, and would you recommend it?
1: Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear.
0: I, I have that on deck. I'm about to start that one. It's
1: excellent. I mean, he really goes into, you know, small habits, turning into big habits, how you can change your habits. Habits like when you get up, do you make up your bed? Do you brush your teeth right away? Or do you eat breakfast, then brush your teeth? You know, I mean, he really goes into details with those small habits that most people are unaware of, because it's hard to change your habit unless you're aware of the habits that you already have. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: he really did. It's a phenomenal book.
0: So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, especially now with your recommendation, so what is the best piece of business advice you ever received?
1: Um, to keep changing and keep learning because just because your business is booming today does not mean it will be booming tomorrow. Understand that everything is always changing, even if you feel like you're at the top of your industry.
0: And what is the worst piece of business advice you've ever received?
1: Um, to just invest in your business, but not invest in assets. You need to be doing both um i don't think i don't i don't come from the school of thought of just run your business, pay off your debt, put all your money back into your business. I think while you're paying off debt while you're building your business, you have to be investing i don't care if it's a hundred dollars a month. you have to start building real wealth because until you become a savvy investor, you will always be working super super hard until you get your money multiplying and working for you you're never going to become wealthy,
0: yeah we kind of, as a society, there's this weird thing going on too. We've, we've kind of romanticized this whole concept of the grind and the hustle. You know, I, that you're going to get me started again. Well, I really appreciate your time, Jewel. Uh, again, it's JewelTankered.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes, but before giving you the last word, Jewel, is there a question or concept you wished we would have covered here tonight?
1: No, I think we covered a lot. I think we covered a lot. I would just tell, tell people, you know, trust your instinct. Um, and before you get all the information, trust your instinct. Because many times I've done deals knowing enough of inf- enough information logically, but many times it was on the job training. From when I started investing in real estate, I didn't understand everything about it. A lot of things I learned as I went, I had mentorship cryptocurrency I learned as I went I had mentorship get a mentor but don't feel like you have to understand every you know concept about that asset before you move I know within five minutes or ten minutes usually if I feel an unction to go forward on a deal whether I'm going to do business with someone or whether I'm going to invest in a particular project or asset, I know usually within five to 10 minutes, I've learned to trust my instinct. It usually always leads me to wins. I have way more wins than I have lessons. And then when I do have lessons, or I like to call them lessons instead of losses, I don't, like I deal with it that day. And then after that, I disconnect from it emotionally and I go on because if you don't take risks you're not going to ever be able to get rewards. Uh, small risk, small rewards, big risk, big rewards.
0: Well, Jewel, again, you're welcome back anytime. I hope you'll take me up on that. And uh, again, it's JewelTankered.com. Thanks, Thanks again. Thank you. Have a good day. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.